You're listening to the Light Forge Podcast, the key to unlocking your arena success with your co-hosts, ADWCTA and Murps. Welcome to the Light Forge Podcast. This is This is Murps. We are about a week into the expansion. We've both had a chance to play a, a decent amount by now. Uh, and now it's time to talk about it. What we got right, what we got wrong, what the meta's looking like. Fractured in Alteric Valley. Okay, so we'll start with uh, like uh, the cards, right? Like, and then we'll talk about the the overall meta. Uh, card wise, just want to say that um, well, we got a couple cards that I think I would want to bump up if I were to you know be reviewing these cards now rather than before they came out. Um, some is due to the meta, but I think some of them were just like wrong about. Uh, but the the top three stays in place. Uh, Abominations as good as everybody thought it was. Easily S tier. Um, uh, what's what's the the defile on a stick is super good. Uh, easily A tier. Night Captain. It's what we said. We said the win rate was going to be high, and its win rate is really really high. Uh, I still think it's a B plus. I played so much with it. It's the dominant card, right? It's the common, the best uh, common card. Um, I I still have it at a B plus. I'm oh not yeah, it's not. To it's it up to an A. I, if anything, I think B plus is like quite generous for it, mm-hmm. um, because I've I've had it in games and it stayed in my hands a long time. I've also had opponents in which they have, uh, and chat has actually helped me track this. They were like, oh, hey, Murps, like, they finally played it, but they're like, that was in their hand for, like, eight turns. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's still good. Uh, yeah. But, yeah, it's definitely not, you know, you know it's, it's missing that consistency, which defines sort of the, the A and S tier cards. That's, that's the B+, plus, right? B+, plus is the highest level card I want in Hearthstone Arena. And... Night Captain fits that category. Like, I don't mind that it's in the game. I don't think it's, like, making the game significantly worse. Even though it is a, you know, B, like, an overpowered card. And that is, that's what B plus is. Uh, at A, that's the, the Scorpion level. Where you're like, ah, I don't want this in the game at all. Um, so, yeah. So, Night Captain is, um, you know, what what is dominating the meta. But not in a way that it is the most powerful card ever at all more in that is the common card that is the best in the meta currently so at a b plus it means the meta overall when it comes to the neutral cards is pretty under control um abomination is crazy 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 good but it is only in less than 10 percent of decks now compare that to yasera yasera is in about four percent abominations in 9.3 percent so it's showing up this is not discovered yasera this is just in your deck it's showing up her HS replay at about double the rate of Yasera, which is not the most awful thing in the world, right? Like, imagine having, like, two neutral legendaries, like, say, Ivis, uh, which, as we predicted, S-tier, S-tier, coming in right below Yasera right now as the number two win rate card. Um, like, we, we don't, like, panic and go crazy when they come out with I- uh, Ivis. So Abominable Lieutenant is like they came out with two Ivises in the same set, along with Ivis itself. That's kind of the impact. Um, and it's people feel it, right? I, I drafted back-to-back decks with Abominable Lieutenant, um, and it is game-winning most of the time I play it. But some of the time I play it, it's not game-winning. And I've beaten people who've played uh, Abominable Lieutenants. Um, it's still an S-tier card, and uh, this is the line, right? 
We know Blizzard isn't banning any legendary cards because Ysera the Dreamer has been here for two freaking years and it has just been terrible in every meta that it's existed in and it's not banned. And we do know that Blizzard will ban common cards because they have been banning them. So where's the line? Uh, is, is Blizzard going to draw it at uh, Abominable Lieutenant? Because they've seen now. They have the stats. They've seen now. Abominable Lieutenant is as ridiculous as everybody pretty easily predicted it to be. Um, so what are they going to do? We'll see. Um, whatever they do slash don't do, um, I definitely did not expect anything this early. If action will be taken, it should be maybe in like two, three weeks. Uh, but right now, you just kind of got to stick with what's there. And playing with new cards is cool. I like it. Yeah. But it is definitely a bit frustrating because there's so many huge swing potentials so many cars that just let you win the game and mm -hmm. it's one thing to say just save your removals plan ahead but there are so many cards that win the game and you uh, you can either play around one or you can play around the other or you just can't play around any of them uh the percent just just don't fav favor you there and you kind of get wrecked that feels bad yeah um, on, on the bright side, uh, meta-wise, feelings-wise, uh, the new cards are very impactful overall, so you're going to be drafting a lot of them. Like, the new cards definitely have an impact on the meta. It's not one of those where, like, it comes in and you're like, what new set? Um, I, I don't know the exact stats, but I'm sure something like seven of the top ten cards that are non-legendary in the meta uh, by win rate are the, from the new set. Because the only other competitive set in here is Skullamance. Um And Skullamance was known for not having really powerful neutrals. Um, very specifically like i remember when we were doing that preview we were like hey so they took a set and created like an almost balanced like i don't think there was a single a tier card i think we braided a smug senior the highest and it was like would have been the equivalent of like a b plus or something um so like that's a very impactful set overall but not on the neutral side so here when i'm looking at neutral cards uh, a bomb lieutenant one knight captain two ram commander four spammy arcanist Five. This is just pure win rates from HS replay. Uh, Bunker Sergeant uh, six. Um, Piggy Bank Imp seven uh, eight. I mean, so I don't know how many I listed, but that's that's the new cards that are in the top ten. Speaking of the top cards, though, the most ridiculous overpowered cards in this meta. I think we have to give a, a shout out to one of my favorite cards to ever be printed uh, because it is currently rocking the number three spot of neutrals. It's coming in at the same win rate as Night Captain, so arguably number two, right? It's like definitely within the margin of error of being number two. And number one is Abominable Lieutenant, which is an epic. So this common card is absolutely dominating the meta. And if you want to win, you should pick this card above pretty much anything else you get offered, unless it's a super premium class card, okay? And this card is Mermy. Um, Mermi is currently number two, tied for number two, and tied for number one of all non-epic or legendary uh, neutrals. So if you want the insider statistical tip, this is just purely objective. This is not me playing favorites. I'm not putting an opinion out there. I'm just stating a statistical fact that in HS Replay stats right now, the best performing non-epic, non-legendary neutral you know, cards that you're actually going to reliably be offered in your uh, drafts is Mermy. All right. So first of all, 
Mermy is the card that I always kind of... Uh, I've gotten into these arguments before. Because, uh, like, people like to throw stats out there and everything. I've gotten into arguments on Arena HS. And I've gotten, like, just heated uh, about this stuff. And it's part of the reason why I'm just like, nope, nope. It's like staying away from Facebook, right? You just, you, you can't handle arguing with, like, distant... Wait, wait, wait. Anymore. You're telling me you have an argument that Mermy is not the second best neutral in Arena right now? No, I, I, I do not. It is just objectively the best card. So, okay. No, okay, good. I, I, I just wanted I, to check. Obviously you were setting not. up something. I didn't like where it was going. Well, no, I, uh, but this is different. You know, it's for other cards, non Mermaids. Oh, okay. Right? Not for uh, obviously. Okay. Um, but, it, it, yes, uh, this is like uh, those people who love uh, HS Replay and kind of use it as the gospel, I will say sometimes, not in this case, because obviously <laughs> Mermy is just that good. But you, you look at some of this stuff, you got to be able to kind of like at least think about some things. Uh, why mm-hmm. does it have such a low win rate? Why does it have such a high win rate? Sometimes you can fully <clears throat> explain it. Sometimes you can't. But let's not always take what it is. Yeah. Except and, for and we're setting aside Mermy because Mermy is legitimately the second best card uh, in neutral and arena. This is not a fluke. This is not a statistical thing. There's a lot of uh, sample size. Um, Mecharoo comes in pretty close. Mecharoo is like in the top 15, maybe even the top 10, at least top 15. And Argent Squire is also super high, by the way. And this is a function of what the meta is, um, not really a function, obviously, of how the, oh, those cards are in a neutral, like kind of like pure meta. Um, but this meta is kind of weird right now, and we'll get to that. But it is very, very important to understanding the meta to understanding why Mermy's win rate is so high. Super, super important. Um, this is uh, like we'll, we'll get to that. But let's set that aside, and we'll pick that up again when we talk about the meta discussion. So uh, just it's not a it's not like a throwaway joke or a random stat. I'm dead serious here. Mermy is the second best neutral. It's right behind abominable lieutenant. So if you're not being offered abominable lieutenants in Yaseras and you're like, oh my deck sucks, and you pass up a Mermy, you have no one to blame but yourself. Um, okay, uh, so cards that we got wrong. Uh, I went through uh, not every card, but every card of relevance, uh, and. The following cards, I think we got a little wrong to somewhat significantly wrong. And we'll start with the neutrals first. Uh, There's more here than there usually are, I think. Um, And it's also weird, like like I said, the meta's weird right now. I don't know what's going to happen when they push the button. But having played these cards and played against these cards, I'm pretty confident that we like underrated some of them a bit. So the first one is a Bunker Sergeant. Bunker Sergeant's rocking a really high win rate, which surprises nobody. Um, I even specifically called out, I'll probably have a pretty high win rate. But it's also just better than what I gave it credit. I wanted it higher. Merps wanted it a B. I pushed for a C plus. Uh, I was wrong. It it should be a B. It's not even like a, a low B. It, it's it's performing like a mid tier to high B for me. Not not quite B plus, but it's uh, I, I can't make a good argument that it should stay a C plus. So okay, here is one of the things that maybe I. I mean, I don't care so much about, like, this kind of thing, so... But, um, here's a little bit of my thinking, and I think just one thing that we should keep in mind, and everyone should keep in mind a little bit going forward. So, your analysis, uh, leaned a little bit more on the... Okay, so here's what it does, uh, as in sort of a Shooting Stars Arcane Explosion-like effect, 
Um, it's fairly easy to trigger. It is sometimes not as good on turn three. And then, you know, you're attaching this spell onto a not so great stick. And therefore, it is not as great. The thing that I have seen recently in some metas and I thought would be relevant for this meta is cards that cause you to not lose early so that the game goes on such that you can play your winning cards or for you to just keep going and not like get blown out um, have a decent amount of value. So I'm previewing it a little bit, but like Ram Commander, right? Mm -hmm. Kind of that same thing where if you got to think about it, it's like what makes Bunker Sergeant good? What makes Ram Commander good? And I have been so impressed by Ram Commander. Um, it's that principle where I'm thinking back on the games that I have lost and I don't lose games early on that much. And I think it's because I'm like sort of like trying to prevent that because of the, the bunker sergeants and the ram commanders and um I, i'm thinking of of those games where i do lose early i'm like you know did i have a chance later on and i'm like yeah i did because you know i i had this one card or i had these few cards i had the the generation and i just had to avoid losing but you know i i lost because i didn't have that stuff mm -hmm. so I'm thinking it's like, yes, it is only this much value. It is only it only does this much and the body isn't great. But sometimes I'm just like um, the fact that it causes you to not lose early on and Ram Commander is just like, OK, I got to get rid of this high priority thing, even if it's not high priority it, for mm -hmm. you to just like get rid of, let's say, the, the 4 one imp, right? The 4 one imp so that you're not taking a little bit more damage so that the game goes on like one to two turns longer because it can't trade up on your thing and they snowball just a little bit. Um, I think that is important in a meta like this in which you live a little bit longer and you get a chance for that big swing and then you taunt mm -hmm. up. Yep, uh, I, I, I agree. And, and in this meta, and we're, we're going to come back to Mermy right now because we're talking a little bit about the meta. In this meta, what is really insanely important because Demon Hunters are number one, and Paladins are, I don't know, number two, or very close to number two. What are Paladins? Sorry, Paladins are number five. Fine. Yeah, Shamans yeah. are number two, uh, but then you have Rogue, and then you have Warlock. Warlock is Zoo. But Demon Hunters are really what's dominating the meta right now. And when Demon Hunters dominate the meta, what you really, really, really need is the ability to not die early. Because Demon Hunters control the board in the beginning always because they have that hero power and they have a bunch of really good early game cards and this set gave more good early game cards. So you need to be able to somewhat survive the early game. Um, and Bunker Sergeant is so good at that. The, the, the percent of times that I wanted to play Bunker Sergeant on three, I didn't have it in my hand, uh, but I was like, oh, if I had a Bunker Sergeant, this would be great, is so much higher than I expected. Yeah. Like, a big part of the score at C+, is that you almost never want to play it on 3, because a 2-4 is terrible. And 2-4 is still terrible, but, one, a 2-4 is less terrible against Demon Hunter. Uh, but also, more importantly, your opponents have more than one thing on the board so often by the time it's up to you to play turn 3. Uh, and that, like, is a, is a pretty big deal. I add to the fact that there's just... This is just a very sport spready multi-minion kind of uh, kind of meta, which is what makes Abomination even scarier. Like this is the worst meta possible for Abomination, 
and it's doing so well. Like, if you look at its win rate, you're like, oh, well, it's not exactly where Yasera is. Like, sure, it's only a 59.6% win rate. It's not 62.2. So fine, it's still in that S-tier win rate. But more importantly, it's a 59.6% win rate, which is insane, in a meta that is not at all favorable to it. Your big targets are usually Proto-Drake or um, the Worm that are, like, not really great targets for this guy to eat. And so often, so many classes, so many decks are not going to give you one good solid target to eat in this meta that they would in previous metas. And Abominable Lieutenant is still doing so good. Give it a normal meta, and we're going to get Ysera levels of win rate or somewhat close to it, closer to it. Uh, but still, it's it's very close to the Ysera win rate. It's currently, if you count all the legendaries in neutral, it's currently four behind Ysera, another S-tier card, Ivis, an S-tier card, uh, Master Oakheart, which was before we came up with this system so i don't know if it's an s tier card or not but it is coming in fourth in win rate before that and it is better than that like having played with and against abominable uh i keep forgetting this i just call it abomination abominable lieutenant uh i i can tell you that it is more awkward right now than it should be you should be able to play it much easier it should have a much bigger impact and it is not because of this meta that's making Bunker Sergeant and Ram Commander so good. That is making Mermy so good. It is not a joke. Mermy is the number two card in this meta in the neutral set. Starting with that the one is drop not is quite like nice. a, yeah. yeah, yeah, it's not like a stat that we're like, ah, oh, it's HS replay being HS replay, or like, oh, look at these dumb people making Raptors better than Acetic Swampus is. No. Mermies are really that good. Now, don't fall into the trap and get a million one-drops, but, like, get mermies. Mermies are good. Get uh, you're, a mermie. Get a mermie, okay? Mecharoos are good. Argent Squires are good. Get two of them, you know? Like, you don't need to just stay at one. Um, they're, they're that good. Okay. Uh, anyway, the next card that we got wrong, which Murph's already previewed, is Ram Commander. And that one is the biggest card that we got wrong in neutral, I think. Or in anywhere, including class cards. Uh, and that we rated that a C. And I thought we were being pretty generous rating a C uh, to begin with. Uh, but it's a, it's, a, it's a B. Like, it's a really good card. That, Ram Commander is a 2-mana two 2-2 two two that gives you two 1-1 one, one, one cards, 1-1 uh, one, one rushes that go in your hand. So besides, like, sometimes being able to do more with 1-1 one, one rushes than just dealing 1 damage because of synergies, being able to deal 1 damage where you want in this meta is so important. So, 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 so freaking freaking important. Like, get your Elven Archers, get your Mermies, just... Horde stuff that deals one damage to places. It it will change your entire game. Um, so yeah. So Bunker Sergeant, Ram Commander, those were misses. I think Bunker Sergeant is a small miss. We went from C plus to a B. Uh, but Ram Commander was a real like solid miss. And I want to also give a shout out to... Like, I don't know if I really want to move it from a C plus to a B. But I think I, I probably... If I were to rate it again today, I'd rate it a B instead of a C plus. And that's Bloodguard. Um, it's a five mana card. It's the five mana four seven that uh, that uh, gives all of your minions plus one attack whenever it, it gets hurt. Um, it's just really annoying when my opponents play it, and when I play it, I feel my opponents being really annoyed by it. I get quite a significant amount of buffs on it, and I'm forced to give my opponents quite a significant amount of buffs on it, even though they're delayed and they oftentimes don't have initiative. Um, and if you just own the board and they don't like super board clear you, you just win the game off this card. 
so it does have that game-winning potential while being a perfectly fine on-curve card, which is rare. Yep. Okay. Um, should we talk about class cards or... Yeah, um, I don't have much to talk about in class cards. I feel like we got them right. Uh, I went down the list, walked it against HS Replay. They're all within bounds. In my experience, uh, I haven't seen anything that was like too bad. Um, I do want to. I do want to put a note out here for Windchill and Sleepbreaker, which is coming. In, like we rated them super freaking high. These are shaman, new Shaman Freeze cards. But they're performing even better than that. And I don't want to change the scores for that or anything. But just wanted to note that, as is the case in Freeze, which is why Freeze is so ridiculous and constructed, the more Freeze you have in a deck, the better Freeze is. Because if you freeze something for one turn, that's fine, that's nice. If you freeze it until someone wins the game, that minion might as well never have existed. It could be a minion that says, if this minion attacks, you win the game, which would be super OP, right? And be, like, invulnerable. But it's pointless if you can just keep it frozen. Yep. So, this meta... And this is stuff that you can't really know because Blizzard offering rates are whatever the hell Blizzard wants. But the freeze offering rates are so high. And we predicted they'd be high, but I didn't even expect them to be this high. They are so high. And you want to pick all of them because they're all so good. That they are really better than the, the than the sum of the parts. Um, it also helps that the uh, basically objective card for shaman, the cavern, is mm, just mm-hmm. statistically one of the most broken cards of all time. Like it is oh, easily S tier. Yes, uh, easily S tier. But having played it and also having faced it, uh, it is just that good it's it's annoyingly oppressively good it's just kind of disappointing uh to see so many cards whether they are um neutral as in abomination or even worse kind of like these class cards which come out earlier uh, whether you're talking about bloodseeker or the shaman uh cavern or the Templar uh, for Paladins, uh, just seeing these cards and then making such a big impact, such a big swing, kind of ending the game right there. Um, so playing the new cards is fun. Looking at all these cards, oh man, I, I don't love that. Um, and the Shaman one, you play it on turn four and I'm kind of just stuck because there's no way to play around it i can't it's mm-hmm. not one body for me to remove it's three just, separate bodies i mean i beat plenty of paladins who played this card uh but you gotta have the deck for it wait which beat means you what have card? To have a, I'm, I'm talking about the cavern yeah the cavern the the shaman the shaman cavern okay you you said paladin oh sorry i meant the shaman uh the shaman cavern that the one that generates three four freezes um, and, uh, the, I mean, the way to beat it is because you're not going to rush them down too successfully when they play it on four. Uh, but so the way to beat it is to have more value than them and just kind of make it so that turn four is not as important and you survive that like turn six, huge bursts of like tempo and whatever. Right. Um, but you can't do that with every deck. You can't do no, it with most decks, right? You need a really good deck. You need a good one. deck. Yes. Um, and in this meta as well, it's, um, People have complained about this for quite a few metas already. Um, I think some players enjoyed metas in which they can look at a deck and they're like, oh man, maybe I can still squeeze some more wins out of it. Mm -hmm. And 
as the years have gone on, people have complained that whenever they see a really bad deck, not only is it not fun to play, which is problematic, but number two, that their predictive powers and how far this deck goes is even stronger now because you just kind of like need um, these good cards. And if you don't have them, your opponents have them. And they're kind of like very tough to overcome. It's just like you said, you can overcome caverns, but the immediate question is what's in your deck? Do you have that Ysera or a way to generate Ysera such that like, yeah, you fall behind and maybe you use a lot of resources to kill off all of these mini water elementals. But if you have a Ysera in the late game, it doesn't matter if that card three for one mm -hmm. you, you're going to like uh, one for six them <laughs> mm -hmm. with uh, Ysera at the end because that's what stupid Ysera does. So that is one of those things that I think has been true in, in recent metas and still is true, if not more true because of uh, Fractured in Alteric Valley expansion. Yeah. Um, two kind of footnotes I need uh, I, I want to put here is uh, Snowball Fight has very bad win rates, and when it was used against me, it was very bad, and I haven't used it. We gave it a pretty high score, but when we were doing it, we noted that nobody did any math on it because that was impossible, and we had no idea. Uh, but I think it's pretty safe to say that we heavily overrated this card. Um, it's just not very consistent at actually freezing everything which you needed to do and uh, it stops as soon as you kill something and remember there's a lot of stuff with one health on the board now which is why stuff like Bunker Sergeant and Ram Commander and Mermies are so good and that means something like Snowball Fight is extra terrible uh, and for Grave Defiler uh, Taro pointed out to me and then Twitch chat pointed out to me later when the, when the set actually released um, there are basically no fell spells there's like three of them and like one of them's great and one of them's good and one of them's not and you're just not going to have enough of them for grave defiler to do anything um so it's meta dependent but uh in in this meta this is not a like we rated it decently high and it's actually just a bad card yep um so those are th that kind of wraps up like the things that i thought you know, if you had watched our preview or you haven't and you're going to go back and watch it now, everything else holds up. These are little, you know, I mean, Ram Commander aside, these are little tweaks to our uh, our old values. Um, and we're, we're not going to update the list or anything like that. If you're looking at the spreadsheet, uh, the, the videos are online and the spreadsheet is also like you can look through my Twitter for the link um, or head to our Discord. Someone will give you the link. Um we, we don't want to, like, upkeep a tier list or anything like that, so we're not going to keep changing it. Uh, that Those would just be our pre-release values. Um, right. But if you're using those, this is kind of the, the cover you should you should put on that. And then uh, it's, it's good. Um, the only other car that I would say, um, you know, like, it needs significant change is uh, that 5-5 five five Rogue Legendary uh, is oh. much better than than we expected but also remember we don't really spend much time on legendaries it's one of those that we kind of just throw in but having seen it in action i'm just like oh yeah this will this will just give you game winning cards a decent amount of times and if not even the majority of class cards even if they're like bad if you reduce them by two they turn out to be like fine um you're just afraid of the opportunities in which you get actually useless ones which could mm -hmm. happen but they're made up for the broken class cards and there's quite a few uh, like 
broken class cards now. And if you get that with a two mana reduction, well, that's really stupid. Uh, but that aside, I, I don't think there's much that we kind of like missed on. Um, and it if there's a take home message, I, I think it should just be um, basically the people who played Arena, the people who thought about this, uh, just overall, generally, like everybody, the community kind of mm-hmm. predicted it correctly. Like, yep. uh, what were what were the cars that the most noise was made about? It was going to be Night Captain. It was a bomb. It was spammy Arcanist. It was you know mm-hmm. these cards. Uh, people were just flabbergasted by uh, Templar for Paladin. Um, mm-hmm. surprisingly not many people like cared maybe I just care about Hunter a lot but I looked at Bloodseeker I was like this is insane um, from my experience it is insane if you you know like get it early are able to play it it's, yeah it has like an 85% win rate when like in hand by, t- uh, by turn 2 yeah uh, the problem is Hunter is not great like Hunter's Hunter hard. is not in a good position right now but I think the card is insane uh but it, yeah, I've, I've lost both games that I faced the card, and I don't mean lost as in like, oh, I happened to lose the game. I mean that card single handedly won them the game, and it wasn't even close. So, like, here's the thing. Right now, if Blizzard is listening, I think this is just a good kind of like data point to be like, this is predictable. You know, like basically the entire community predicted a bomb would be unpleasant to play. Uh, against um it doesn't really require much skill it, it's all these things that like whatever you were afraid of for uh like blackwing well i mean it's it's right here like uh whatever you were afraid of it is here now and it was predicted by basically everyone and if we could potentially just use this as confirmation or a data point to be like hey um, you know, like the community can predict this. It, it really. Yeah, okay. I mean, two things. One is it's not just a data point. We've had a bajillion of these data points. I understand. Look back. However, this is not anything new. No, or no, no, no. But and it no does seem like they are kind of looking at things a little bit more okay, carefully. Fine. So it's they like, okay, let's things, just look at this. They don't have to look at this one. They can look at any of the ones. Just go back. We're hitting like a, over 85%, probably over 90%. Uh, rate of of predicting the big bads in the arena right like and that's the thing it's not really a prediction it's a mathematical analysis when cards are this good when cards are this good um it is it is tough to just be wrong about how oppressive Mm -hmm. cards are right um like not just that when they're this good they're also this good and this basic right yes like if things get really complicated sure right people could be wrong there's a lot of more places you can make an error if it's a card that basically more or less functions like other cards that have been printed before and like the numbers are just like bigger or the mana's changed or like you know whatever like yeah that's not a prediction that's uh we know how the arena works i said in the last podcast arena and any real limited game mode is about getting to know the truth the fundamental laws of physics better and better and better and that's how you get better as a player not about learning a meta or about creating something that you know performs better against this matchup that you just saw before you don't tinker there's no tinkering in the arena even though you're like making decks all the time you are just getting closer and closer to the truth 
So the really, really good arena players are very close to the truth and they can all predict this stuff more or less, right? Like the people who are more analytical about it probably have a better, like a higher quote unquote prediction rate because again, this is not a prediction. I don't, it's not like we're here with a crystal ball being like, I think this will be like this. The way constructive predictions are, they're like, ah, oh, I think the meta will be like this and this deck will be more powerful, which means this deck will be good. It just gets kind of crazy. This is just, you know, if not like rigorous math, it's at least mathematical type logic. And it is not foolproof, but the easier it is, the easier these cards are. An abominable lieutenant is pretty damn easy, for example. Um, the the paladin uh, rush card is pretty damn easy. Bloodseeker is pretty damn easy. That's like a little more complicated, but still not like a crazy level of complexity. You, you, we're we're, we're going to get it. Yeah. Uh, so this is just another kind of like plea, um, a, a, another request to Blizzard. Um, because... I don't think anybody is, or rather, I don't think anybody who would listen to this podcast or who goes on Arena HS or, or even like the, the kind of uh, Hearthstone normal subreddit is, you know, if they so choose to queue up Arena is like, oh boy, I hope like there's a lot of A-bomb lieutenants just going around for me and for my opponent. Um, I don't think that is that much fun for those sorts of people now there might be some timmies out there who really really like this stuff um i i, I wouldn't know uh but once again it's our job to kind of communicate to blizzard and, and hope that they see it in this way it's like well that's not enjoyable and they did agree with that at one point by mm -hmm. pre preemptively banning uh blackwing runaway blackwing yeah so it's so, sort of what so it's it's a measure of, like I said, right? It's a measure of common versus legendary. Yeah. Because Sarah's been around forever. They're not banning it. It doesn't seem like they're going to ban it. I would ban it. Um, because it's a legendary. That's why they're not banning it. I think that's where everybody came down on it. I don't think they think that Ysera is actually like a normal card, right? Like if Ysera was a common, it would be banned. Um, and when the common cards came out, whether it was um, uh, Runaway Blackwing or if it was Watch Post, they all get banned. All the S-tier commons get banned. And they get banned pretty quickly. Because it gets out of control really quickly. So, the question is, are we okay with epics? Epics right now have twice the offering rate of legendaries. I don't know if they're okay with it. I think there's a fundamental difference between legendaries and epics. There are specific cards in the game that destroy legendaries and that interact with legendaries. When you get offered legendaries in the arena, they're only offered against other legendaries. You know, even not in the constructed limitation sets where you only put one copy of it in your deck, there's still a difference between legendaries and other cards in this game. There just, there just is. And I think whatever policy that Blizzard has in the arena that's like legendaries that are overpowered are, are okay. And even then, they freaking banned and continue to ban all the hero cards. Um, even though they're not the most powerful legendaries in the arena, and they never were. Um, like, I'm definitely okay with those cards being banned, but there's like at least a dozen legendaries, scratch that, at least three dozen legendaries that are more powerful than the average power level of the hero cards they banned. Um... And, uh, and they just, so, so I don't know, there, there's some kind of policy going on with legendaries, but I just hope that Blizzard comes down on this and preserves the non-legendaries for what they are, which is that they should be cards that function in a normal arena environment. 
and Abominable Lieutenant does not. In fact, no, no cards that we rate an S does. And I would argue no cards that we rate an A does. Or at least definitely not an A+. Because for some A's, they're like super low A's, and you're like, eh, I don't know, right? There's, there's a line drawing problem. There's always a line drawing problem. Um, so maybe some A's are okay, but some A's, like Scorpid, are probably not okay. Um, but A-pluses are definitely not okay. S-tiers are like, forget about it. So when Abominable Lieutenant comes in, and it's a S-tier card, we're not even close. Like, please don't let it be okay just because it's an epic. Epics are not legendary. Let's, let's let's draw the line there. Yeah. Um, but, so, uh, that's where we're at right now. Um, still, shiny new toys right now. Did I enjoy my first week of playing Arena? Yeah, it, w- it was fun. I mean, just playing with mm. new stuff, seeing what was there. Um, I got a decent amount of wins, uh, but I, I can already see if things were to not change then this could be very, very frustrating. As in, it's already been pretty frustrating at times, but it's just been salvaged by the fact that I get to play with some shiny new toys. Uh, so that's cool. Yep. Um, all right. Well, uh, let's talk about the meta. Um, the meta is right now, and again, I don't know when they're going to hit the button, uh, so this meta may not be the meta by the time you're listening to this podcast, but it probably will be, I don't know. We'll see. So, until they hit the button, the current meta has Demon Hunters at a 56% win rate, which, uh, which is only rising, because the meta is always weird, and everyone wants to try out different decks at the beginning, but people will eventually play more and more Demon Hunter. Uh, and that will force other people to play more and more Demon Hunter because nothing really counters Demon Hunters but other Demon Hunters, which is kind of the problem. Uh, and, uh, yeah, um, Demon Hunters have 56% win rate, Shamans have 54% win rate, Rogues have 52 Warlock 51 and then a significant drop to Paladin with 48% win rate. But it, I'm going to put an asterisk on that Paladin, also Priest also has 47.8%, and Mage has 47.3%. And I'm going to put asterisks on all of those paladin priest and mage because they're actually quite good classes if you have the right cards they are all classes where you will know exactly how good your deck is after the draft and when you have a good deck with those classes they are on par and or better than what you can do with demon hunter shaman rogue and warlock definitely um they just very very often don't get those cards and then they're trash um so, so I'm going to asterisk those two classes. They're not like undraftable, but just the win rates are very low compared to the other classes for a reason. It's because more often than not, you're not going to hit and then it'll be a terrible experience. Um, then rounding out the bottom three, uh, you have Hunter at 46.1, which is not that far off of the other three we're talking about. Uh, but Hunter has another problem, which is that even if you get a deck that's good, you still need to draw your Bloodseeker. Like Hunter's entire game right now revolves around Bloodseeker and Desert Spear. So you still have to draw them on curve. It's not like mage or priest or paladin where you have to draw them by turn 8 or 9 or 10. Um, hunters, you have to draw them real early. So even if you have a really good deck in Hunter, which is already rare to get, you also then have to draw well. Uh, and that's a problem, right? Uh, hunter win rates are bad because of that. Uh, and then you have two classes with terrible win rates, Warrior and Druid. Warrior at 42, Druid at 41.6. Um, we told you Warrior was going to be terrible. 
like very rarely do we come out and we're in this era of like Blizzard could do whatever they want with offering rates, but we're like Warrior is going to be bad, guys. Just stay away. They just don't have cards. Like I don't know, Blizzard would have to really bump up the offering rate of like your uh, Knight Captains and your Abominable Lieutenants for Warrior to like give them a shot. They just they don't have the cards in this meta, um, in, in this rotation. And then Druids are bad, um, I guess, just be, I mean, their cards are fine. They're, they're just bad because they're not getting offered enough of their really good class cards and, and neutrals. Um, and then Druids even play in a, in a good way for this meta. So, I think it's just a card quality issue for Druid. But yeah, yeah. That's, that's the meta. So, we can talk about the, the meta for a second, as in, in the game, what can mm-hmm. you kind of expect? And I've already seen some changes as the week has gone by. So I will say that when the when the expansion first hit, as in like, you know, day zero and a little bit of the next day as well, it was a very slow meta. As in, I mean, people wanted to draft, like decks were, number one, not cohesive, right? We see this all the time. Expansion drops, mm-hmm. decks are very not cohesive. People want to take big cards. People want to like play around with stuff. People are just a little bit unfamiliar. The, the, you know, the, the gears yeah, are not well oiled. People don't curve out as much because like they don't know the offering rates. People don't curve out as much, so it was very, very slow, and, and even more so than the typical slowness that you expect out of a new expansion. Um, and so during that time as well, I was just like, "Whoa, Legionnaire is the most broken thing ever." Um, and I, I already see people in some people in chat. They're like, "Why aren't they talking about Legionnaire?" Legionnaire was one that Legionnaire I was fine, prepared I to just be like, "Oh yeah, I think this should be higher." In the current meta, so like Sunday night meta, um, I don't think we're off anymore about Legionnaire. Yeah. As in the it, it like reverted closer to a normal meta. It's like, reverted to, uh, closer to a normal meta. And what does that mean? we're not going back to actual kind of like so here's the thing when i when i talk about tempo a lot of people tend to think more about it's like oh so you vomit out stuff and then you like go face or like you know there's this like small window for you to capitalize no the 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 purpose of tempo yeah that's aggro the purpose of tempo now is to kind of make sure you have options and make sure you have the flexibility to one of the options is to go face at the right time you got to decide when the right time is but for you to then have space to play your draws to play your bombs sometimes your bombs are not like in all situations amazing you know it's not like a psychic scream or something like that in which it's just, you just don't give a shit about what kind of like oh there's a death rattle or i have to science this or something it's to give you options to give you space uh and then sometimes for you to um you know like remove efficiently get good trades and then winning that way or making it to your box making it Mm -hmm. to your rune of the arc mage so that is where we are right now tempo is important not so much as like i need to vomit stuff out so i can go face if you're building your deck to do that right now, you're not going to win a lot of games <laughs> because you don't have that many tools in order to do it. I had fun going aggro hunter on day zero, and that was much more effective day zero because people were just slow and everything. I think it also 
was poetic that my run got ended by Colst, who played a warlock and just knew how to play and like knew what I was doing, right? Like he had a good deck, but he also knew how to play against me. And I got the jump on a lot of people who just like weren't ready for my level of aggression, weren't ready for my sort of calculations. You know, they, they looked at my board and what I was trying to do. And they were just like, oh, I expect hunters can do this. I'm like, no, no, I'm sacrificing everything to get every little bit of damage on your face. And quite a few of those games, like if they had a couple more turns uh, or even just one more turn, they win. Mm -hmm. uh, and then, of course, it was ended by Coles, who actually, you know, as soon as he saw me and he, he saw I was playing Hunter, he, he like the jig was up. <laughs> the jig was up. Um, but he also was able to play and just use more resources and with more you, desperation you get better rid of than stuff. your average arena opponent <laughs> I, I don't want to go that far okay i don't want to go that far uh however yes so the talk about kind of like legionnaire um it's one of those things where the meta has evolved and if the meta had so, so stayed it, just in case people don't know what legionnaire is listening to this because a lot of these cards are new mm -hmm. and legionnaire is not like one of the most popular cards um it legionnaire is the nine three card that's for six mana that buffs your whole hand on death rattle by like plus three yep. plus three or plus two plus two or something like that um and we rated it at c plus which is you know i thought fair at the time and it's fair now and I that think it's was fair done now. with the expectation yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, at the time, as in at the time we rated it before, you know, the cards were released. Um, and that was done. I forget what number the calculation ultimately came out to, but I think it was three minions would get buffed on average. Um, and having played with that card uh, quite a number of times, because um, I remember Murph's telling me the first day, it was like, this card is busted, we need to change it. And I saw it in my draft, and I was like, oh, okay, let me test it out. And I was like, yeah. I don't know. Maybe my deck is too fast. And I tested it out again. And I was like, no, nah, it's actually just kind of like it was fine. But it wasn't like it was not a bad card. Right. But I thought C plus was more than fair. Um, and then I like tried it again. And I was like, you know what? It's just it's just kind of C plus. But I was also playing later than Murps was um, in the in the whole meta development cycle. And I feel like Murps, your a lot of your experience with the card came in like very slow priest decks that you were piloting. Right. I mean, I was playing some slow decks as well, and there were very few ways for me to punish them dropping a Legionnaire. Um, mm. and so I couldn't, like, I had to yeah. essentially give them the full value. So, um, right. th you know, that was always bad. And that's definitely not how you want to play it, right? So, like, if, mm -hmm. if you guys listen to my description of the meta, so you can't go face aggro, but that's been true for a long time. But mm -hmm. what you don't want to do as well is just, uh, unless your deck is so good, and you, you will get that deck, like one out of every, you know, if you're drafting the good class ten. as well, like one out of every, I don't know, seven decks okay. or so, you're going to get a deck that you're just like, wait, this is insane. This is like ridiculous. And I can just sort of like, just play my game, right? If I play my solitaire correctly, I win. But... If you don't have that, like, one out of seven, one out of eight decks that's that good. Um, I'm not just saying good. I'm saying, like, that mm -hmm. good. You need to be drafting some tempo. You need to be identifying a win condition. Hopefully your win condition isn't to build a wide board and then capitalize on it. This is not, like, mid-range <laughs> tempo in, in any of the traditional sense. 
hopefully you have a win condition. So for example, your mage, you have a box, or you have a couple wand makers and you have onyx mage scribe. You can't see the win condition yet. It is in there. That is your win condition. Mm-hmm. Maybe so asterisk on the win condition thing. Warlocks and hunters have win conditions. Yes, with their hero power. So if you're doing they a warlock or a hunter, just you don't have to worry about having a win. It's good to have another win condition, but you're just less concerned with it. Right. So what your bunker sergeants, what your mermies, uh, and your uh, basically your ramp commanders are doing is like, okay, well I gotta find it either through the deck or through discovers um so i need to buy myself time and flexibility and options and of course you know getting some face damage in there is good if my opponent just flops well maybe i do go face you know i I wasn't planning on it but having that option is nice uh but what you don't want to do is either go aggro uh, as in build your deck towards that you're getting less than three wins by doing it that way uh and you also typically don't want to go the route of like well i'm just gonna play my game i'm gonna remove and whatever the opponent wants to do you know i'm gonna respond in kind and because my deck is so good if you're trying to consistently do that because you look at your deck and you're like oh i i think this can hold up i have a lot of late game there's too many things that three for one you five for one you Mm -hmm. uh that you cannot do that you're just going to on average run into too many of those decks for you to get um consistently high wins so you gotta play in this like middle ground a little bit present pressure remove your opponents get some chip damage in have that flexibility and for you to then get these sorts of opportunities i'm not even saying exact cards I'll, I'll, I'll categorize it as opportunities, whether it is mm-hmm. a box. I mean, that's like an easy one to identify, right? You're made, mm-hmm. you have a box, and you're like, okay, I just... But sometimes an opportunity is really just like your knight captaining the right thing. Yeah, y- yeah. Like, your exactly. opponent has a 6-3 on the board, mm-hmm. you knight captain them, and put out, you know, use the rest of your mana efficiently, boom, you've got a pretty good swing. Yep. Like, in this kind of meta, that's why knight captain is so, like, good as in, like, balanced for this meta. It is at that right level of like, oh, this card is good. And it does exactly what you need to do. But it's not super overpowered. Like, Knight Captain, and it's everywhere, right? So I I see a lot of games being won and lost by people, including me, like correctly and incorrectly Knight Captaining things, deciding to hold on to it for too long, or, you know, using it too aggressively and not getting the value. Right. So... That's where we're at right now. Um, you, it, I understand it's fun to just be the ultimate greed lord, uh, <laughs> but that's definitely not the way you want to do things. Unless you know at the at the start of your draft, and then you know in the middle of your draft, you're just like, okay, this is really stupid. Um, I've also had, I've faced people like that in which I remember a zero zero game. Uh, one of my opponents. Uh, so I was a priest, they were a paladin, they had, uh, what was it, they, they had naturally two Templar captains and a Brasswing, um, this was in like their first like half of their deck, I beat them, but barely, but, oh, and they had a quality, uh, with bunker sergeants, with all this stuff, so this is, you know, like, if you have those sorts of decks, you know, you can play a certain way, 
But we're talking about those people who may be thinking about the leaderboard, may want to kind of, you know, gain a lot of gold for whatever mm. you want. Mercenaries, right? The ultimate gold Yeah. Sink. This for is Mercs. what I play Arena now. Yeah, there you go. Um, but I mean, really, those though, mercenaries, using gold in mercenaries, if you're actually like a hardcore mercenary player, it's so terrible. It's such a terrible feeling. They need to, they need to do something about the mercenaries endgame econ. Because whether it's dollars or gold, it is not a good feeling. Or grinding for that matter, or completing bounties. They just they, they need to add stuff. It's not like like the bones are good, but but the the actual execution is I mean they don't call it a beta, but it's it's beta. Um, let me break down what like specifics, right? I'm gonna tell you three things that are good about this meta, and I'm gonna tell you exactly what to draft in this meta. because um, everything what Mermps has said is true. This is, and you didn't phrase it this way, but this is a mid-range meta. I would not have predicted this coming into this meta. I don't know what I would have predicted. You can listen to our previous podcast, which maybe we made predictions. But I think the idea was it's going to be slow, but not that slow because only Skullamance is slow. But it's still going to be kind of slow because Skullamance is so, like, anchory and weighty, right? Um... So what ends up happening now is that we are in a mid-range meta. In a mid-range meta where aggro doesn't work and super control doesn't work, so we're mid-range. We have not had a mid-range meta, like a true mid-range meta, in a freaking long time. So I think some people may feel like just a little bit like weird in this meta. Like it's not like mid-range meta should be vaguely familiar with everybody in that almost every meta is somewhat adjacent to a mid-range meta. But we're in a super true mid-range meta right now. The vast majority of games, card advantage actually matters. Like, that's a crazy concept. Um, but also, you're almost never milling anyone. And you're winning and losing based on these swings that happen in the late mid-game um, and or uh, the very end game. But you're just as equal like, uh, likely to win or lose the game because one of you effectively runs out of cards. Maybe not literally, but like they don't have enough variations to be able to play out efficient mana anymore because like they're holding like a 6-drop and like a 7-drop, right? So yeah, they haven't run out of cards yet. They probably won't run out of cards for three more turns, but they just lost like four mana's worth of tempo, right? And then you win off of that. So, <clears throat> I love this type of meta. So the type of meta that's here, this is one of the best things about this meta. A mid-range meta allows you to use all sorts of in-game skills. We're not talking about, like, pushing face. We're not talking about, like, you need the absolute best cards to win. It means the various skills, they are Hearthstone fundamentals, are all relevant. Now... The huge asterisk here is that the power level cards are so ridiculous that even though the skills that are relevant are all these very interesting fundamental skills, ultimately what matters 90% of the time is still who has better cards, assuming you curve out. Uh, so the asterisk is that the type of skills that your mid-range uh, meta encourages is all really, really good, but the power levels have gotten so out of whack that... You know, using your mid-range skills doesn't do that much to differentiate you. But there's no other skill. 
is kind of my point, right? Like, so if you're looking at it and being like, oh, I'm, you know, I think I'm doing everything right, but I'm still losing a lot. Like, yeah, everyone's losing a lot. All the good players are, I mean, it's a soft meta. We're not losing that much. But we no, will it, be losing It's still a lot. been a pretty soft meta. That's, that, yeah, that's it's, a, it's a soft meta. But, like, we're going to get to the point where we're all going to lose a lot. Yes. Like, this, the, because when we're winning and when we're losing, it's very rarely defined by skill um, compared to other metas. But, but that's a power level thing. Uh, the skill that's relevant is the correct subset. That's the good part. The bad part, of course, is that total percent skill mattering is, is maybe at an all-time low. Um, we're close to it. Okay, the second good thing about this meta is that it's really... And this is a characteristic of almost all mid-range metas, which makes some people hate mid-range metas, is that the drafting is very homogenous. There is a correct way more or less to draft. You may err more towards synergies or less towards synergies, but your curve or what is good for the curve is all set, which means you don't want more than this. You don't want less than this because you want to be in the mid-range. There are so many metas where you want to be under the mid-range or you want to be over the mid-range. And then, you know, if you want to be under the mid-range, you want a couple more extra, like, you know, drops here and there or whatever, some pressure-putting cards, some extra tempo-y stuff, um, utility tempo. Or you want to be farther back, so maybe, like, maybe four two-drops is okay. In some metas, you don't need any two-drops. Uh, definitely don't take one-drops, right? Like, that kind of stuff. But we are in a homogenous mid-range meta. There's an ideal way to draft your curve. And that is this pretty standard one, but I'll go over it again. One, one drop, possibly two, but really one. That's what you're trying to target. Um, which for some people means, oh, you actually have to think of one drop. For other people, that's why Mermi's uh, such, a, such a high win rate. Uh, for other people, it means, hey, there's actually a lot of good one drops now being offered. You can't take them all. Like, you don't want to be that fast. You want to have five to six two drops. Seven is possible, but I would really try to target six. Um, and then you want to target four to five three drops. Uh, I would target five. And you want three to four four drops. I would target four. And then two to three five drops. I would target two. Um, and then you don't really need six or seven or whatever drops. But it'd be nice if you had like, like zero to one six drops, zero to one seven drops. Um, uh, and so on. After you get that amount of drops, you should not go over. That's the other thing. Because going over means you are not utilizing, you're not getting anything for them, right? Like percent chance of drops filling their function. Like, and by drops, I don't mean like Yeti necessarily. I mean like 4-4 four, four draw a card. You just have to have something there. You just have to, like Merp said, not die yet. Like your goal is to at all times, no matter what happens, don't die yet. That's the point of your curve. It's nice if you have better curve cards because then you'll be the one putting on the pressure. But that is not like the most relevant thing in the um, uh, in the arena. You really just need a baseline of don't die yet. So once you have those drops in place, the entire rest of your deck should be really freaking large cards, really freaking large cards, or really big tempo swings, like. You want a tempo swing and be able to hit them to the face, right? You want really large cards to like five for one them. Like sprint is a thing in this meta, if it, it is a thing. Um, but uh, it's, it's stuff like that, right? Like you don't necessarily need tempo if you're getting good value. You don't necessarily need value if you're getting really good and like large quantities of tempo. Um, your face damage means less now than it did before. We were in quite 
a bit of a two-year span where the amount of damage you take to your face and the amount of face damage you deal to your opponent was getting more and more and more important. That's reversed itself a bit. We're still not back in the old days where your face damage pretty... Like in Classic, literally your face damage like did not matter. Um, we're, we're, we're hardly there. But you want to rewind... If you're like a long-time arena player, you want to like rewind back two years to, 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 where, to how important it is to deal damage to your opponent's face versus uh, keep damage uh, off your face. Which means healing and direct damage is also similarly a bit less important than it was before. So that's the meta we're in. And I'm saying this for all classes because we are in a mid-range meta. Now, Demon Hunters are just really, really insanely good right now, and so they're kind of making things a little awkward for other people. Um, but uh, that's partly what's driving the whole, like, dealing one damage is super, super important, right? Um, so maybe put, like, an asterisk on that for the current thing. I think dealing one damage will probably remain more important than usual, but once they hit the button, it may go down in value a little bit, just because Demon Hunters drive a lot of it, and... I don't know, unless Paladins overtake Demon Hunters, if any other class is the one overtaking Demon Hunters, I think the deal one damage thing is going to be like a little less important than it is right now. But right now it's hugely important. So so that's the practical on the ground, like what you do. That's as specific as I can get without like going class by class or like pick by pick with you. Um, worry about your initiative. You don't need like a ton of initiative, but you got to have more than like six. Uh, because, like I said, you got to be able to remove stuff, even if it's just dealing one damage. You need that little extra. But that's pretty normal. This isn't a meta with particularly more or less initiative. Um, this isn't a meta with particularly more or less taunts um, or need for taunts. You, you still need some taunts, or else you're going to be in trouble. But you know, you're not going to be pounded to the face all day. Uh, and right now, demon like a decent demon hunter deck, which people will draft like a third of the time is very hard to beat unless you're doing ridiculous, super ridiculous things yourself. Um, and that's just kind of how the meta is right now, which is why it's not balanced. So hopefully they push the button and it gets better. It is possible that they push the button and then just Paladin explodes, right? Or even Hunter or whatever. Um, but uh, we can uh, we can wait for that. That's, uh, that. That wraps up my my meta analysis. Yeah, so why... like You, you guys have to remember why mid-range is the meta as in like what is so powerful about it um mid-range has always been the i, I wouldn't say the counter because that that's not like but it, it, you know people tend to say like um uh kind of like this is the counter to that or whatever um uh, but mid-range works right now because you can't rely uh on your control decks to play solitaire and guaranteed to beat other control decks because even if after the draft you, you just say like oh like if i knew all these cards yeah my my deck is better there's a little bit too much generation or there's too mm -hmm. much importance on single cards such that if you don't if you just draw a little bit poorly they yeah. draw their bomb whatever it is like a mid-range deck can be bigger than a control deck in this meta not like yeah. more than half the time, but enough times that you're going to just so run into trouble as a control deck. The problem you have if you are just playing pure control um, is that if your deck is just not so good, like I was saying, that world beater deck, you give your opponents too much time, too much options to beat you, whether it's through a draw, whether it's to generate. 
And the benefits of that mid-range deck is that you, number one, don't give them the time, but you are consistently putting that pressure out such that if what they're going to do on turn seven is to just mage scribe and, you know, do a, a shitty spell that doesn't do much, well, if you were a pure control deck, uh, you let them have that. Um, you, you completely let them have that, and then whatever spells they get, let's say it's even more draw plus like a big removal or something, you're giving them full value for that. Uh, or if they play a Legionnaire, you necessarily have to give them full value for that Legionnaire, mm -hmm. which really sucks. And maybe, you know, you weren't prepared to deal with a six mana, nine attack minion and like plus 12, plus 12, 14, 14 into their hand. That's a little bit too much. If you are able to put some pressure out there such that you limit their ability to just like you know kind of kind of just freely play these then that's great you know you actually have effectively beaten them on card advantage in a certain way but it's just like what i was saying when aggro worked i'm taking away so many of their options and so many of their cards now aggro right now doesn't work because one card one slip up one thing can just mess it up there's too many taunts in the meta. There's way too many tools that they don't have to go out of their way to draft against mm -hmm. aggro decks. But the thing with mid-range decks is you can effectively do the same thing. You take away their options. You take away these outs, even if they have very good cards. You know, like with Ysera as well, if they even drafted or discovered a Ysera with these mid-range decks, you know, you're not killing them by turn seven. But what can happen is... They have a Ysera in hand, and on turn 9, they're like, well, you know, this Ysera into a 0-mana Nightmare isn't enough for me to stave off lethal. Um, Ysera into Dream on turn 10 isn't enough, and that's because of the pressure that you're putting on beforehand. So that's why mid-range is so powerful right now, and it's due to the absolute swing and power level of, of some of these cards. Now, there are some cards that you just, like, that you won't be able to sort of plan against. But if you totally leave it into the hands of your opponents, that's too much. You're giving them yep. too much free yep. reign. There's way too much stuff that either they can draw into or discover that can end your game right there. Um, so you have to take these pressure plays. You have to take these uh, percentages where you can. Yep, yep, totally agree. Um, like, this meta should be my favorite meta. It's, it's not. I just think the meta is like okay-ish because it's so polarized. Like what after the draft, you're just like, yep, I'm going to do well or nope, I'm going to do poorly or I'm going to do okay-ish and get like five, six wins. Uh, on average, I've just kind of like, it's so hard to predict stuff. Like I've gotten as much zero, one, and two win runs. My ratio of getting them in this meta is about the same as in like dual class or just other like totally crazy metas that like you know swing really wildly. I've also gotten like twelve win. Uh, you'll you'll see on uh, on YouTube. Uh, Murps already has a uh, an aggressive run on on YouTube uh, on day one just to kind of you know get something up there um, so you could check out the the new meta. Um, and I have a twelve win demon hunter. Um, it was just kind of a fun run. It was an overpowered deck. That's the kind of... Murph says 1 in 7. I'm not that lucky. It's a 1 in 10, 1 in 12 kind of deck uh, for me. But it's a deck that you look at it and you're like, hey, 
crazy things have to happen for this deck not to go far. And crazy things did happen, but only for two losses. Um, so, uh, yeah, check, check that out. It's, uh, it's a fun thing. Um, and that's what this meta is kind of about. It's about drafting those decks. You draft those decks and you win. The skill's not that important. And it's really frustrating if you don't draft those decks. Because you see what skills are quote-unquote important in this meta. You are able to get all the advantages from those skills that you are putting in the same way you would in a, you know, not as polarized meta. But then it gets all blown out of the water because your opponent plays a one for five. That, like, has no setup, no anything. It's just like, oh, I have this card. And, uh, you know, you hit turn seven. Sorry. <laughs> like, eh, it's just it just feels really bad. Like, you still have to work for it all because it does give you, like, a 10% edge. But normally when you work for it like that, you get, like, a 20-30% edge uh, because you work for it. Now you don't really get much of an edge. But why play the game, right? Like... You still got to do it. You just get frustrated way, way more often. Okay. Uh, that's it. There we go. That's it. All right. Uh, yeah. Um, got a question from the GOAT. What have you been watching on TV? Question from the GOAT by our Patreons at patreon.com slash goat. Oh, well, I know you still haven't watched Arcane. So. I still have not watched Arcane. I don't understand why. It's only one season easy i've been i've been like so much work like you like it's just the amount of work that's been piling on me well i will watch arcane sometime before the end of january yeah well look i i've been uh uh watching so i i I was caught i was like oh what what show should i watch there's a lot of movies i've been wanting to watch uh i finally decided on a show which i know will make uh one of our mods legend heart very happy i started watching the expanse (laughs) yes it's been good it's like it's it's good it's just uh i because it has very very good reviews and i'm just like okay it's it's nice i don't know if it matches exactly what i (laughs) expected in terms of like i had very high expectations of it and i'm not Mm. saying like it's a bad it's show. A show it's a show that's very it's good, good for show. what it does. Yeah, like for what it attempts to do, it does very well. But yeah. what it attempts to do is not necessarily something that'll like please everybody. You know, like sure, it's still a niche show, right? Like it's, it's not going to become show. the next yeah, Star that's a good Trek way to, or Star Wars. No, it's a good way to put it. It's a neat show. Um, I'm not going to sit here and poo-poo it. You know, part of it might just be because. I just watched Arcane, like, and it's going to be hard to follow up with anything. Uh, but yes, uh, it's yeah. It, it's I will say this: I know you said that you thought the show was going to get better. Um, so they do almost a toy because it's 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 from the books. So and the books jump around in time, and they do like crazy things with like settings. So it'll be like a different thing each season for uh, the Expanse. It'll all connect. It'll be almost all the same characters and everything, but. You're not going to be like continuing a story directly. Like the continuation of the story will happen in the background or like, you know, as a side, like a B plot line. Uh, but the main plot line is going to switch every single season. Um, so it, it may get better or it may get worse. Like, I don't know that I like the second season better than the first one. Um, I really like the first season though. Okay. The first season for me, I was just like, it's good. Like, I don't regret watching it, but I, I wasn't 
blown away. You know, there are some some shows that I'm like blown away by. For example, the um, uh, obviously Arcane. You guys know how much I love that show. Uh, but also like the first and final season of Mr. Robot. I, I thought that was really really good. And let's not talk about the middle two seasons. Those are those are not so great. But yes, uh, I, I look forward to watching more. I have watched two things recently. One is School of Chocolate, which is just nice chill show. If you're into some kind of very chill competition uh, in in the baking category, it's it's nice. I, I I didn't think I would enjoy it, but it was nice. But what I'm starting, and I just finished season one of, is a uh, Secession on uh, on HBO Max. Um, and that's it's it's gripping i don't know what i'm getting out of it it feels very much like drama for drama's sake but it's very well shot it's very well written uh, it's very well acted it's very well directed and it's just it's a very high quality show like i'm watching it and i'm like oh this this should be really good i can see why the critics think it's really good but at the same time i'm like i don't know what i'm getting out of this show and it's frustrating also because all the characters are terrible and they're supposed to be terrible like, there's no one to root for in that show. It's just all terrible people doing terrible things to each other. You know, it's one of those shows. Um, so, yes, yeah, so that's what I'm watching. But most of all, I've been spending a lot of time. I think I'm averaging, like, two hours a day, if not more, uh, on Mercs. And uh, getting, getting, getting closer and closer to maxing out all the Mercs. Still not there yet. Um, still missing three Mercs altogether, actually. But I'm not willing to, like, just put more gold into packs. Um... So yeah, um, if you guys, I, I wouldn't say if you've been like playing Mercs and then you're like bored of it or whatever to jump in now, but keep it in the back of your mind. At some point, they're going to have a big update. At some point, they're going to have another big update. I think this game is two big updates away from you should definitely come back and play this game. And that's exciting to see because you know Blizzard's going to make those updates at some point. And, uh, you know, it's just a matter of when. And hopefully they don't mess it up too bad. Okay. All right. Great. Mercenaries. Woohoo. Um, all right. Well, that's it for us. We'll be back next week. Um, if you're listening to this and you normally watch the Arena Coop, we're going to do another Arena Coop because the Arena Coop is back uh, with the new expansion. Um, we don't know what class we're playing yet. Uh, but, but, you know, check it out on our YouTube. Our YouTube will also have our 12 win runs as usual. And we will, we got one coming later this week. We already have a Murps, uh, initial day one, like run, uh, not, not 12 wins, but like a good showing the meta. If you just want to watch something on YouTube. Um, and, uh, I have a 12 win coming later this week and we will hopefully be adding a couple more as the month progresses. Um, yeah, that's it for us. Until next time, this is Avukta. This is Murph. See you guys. Enjoying the Light Forge? For the full rundown on Hearthstone Arena draft strategy, card review, and arena gameplay, follow us on YouTube, Twitter, or twitch.tv at ADWCTA. 
Support the podcast by sharing us with your friends and family or become a patron at patreon.com slash grinning goat. Thank you for tuning in and see you next week.